The New York Mets signed somebody. We'll talk about it on today's show. You are Locked On Mets, your daily New York Mets podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello to all you amazing Mets fans. You're listening to Locked On Mets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you for making Locked On Mets your first listen every day. Locked On Mets is free and available on all platforms, including YouTube. On the show today, I'll be talking about the Adam Adovino signing. The Mets brought him back. I'll explain why it is a good move in the first segment, particularly at that dollar point. But in the second segment, I'm going to talk about the downsides, okay? He did not have the best year. I want to talk about what went into that down season and why there's still, you know, some hope for a bounce back. And then in the final segment, I'll compare Adam Adovino's deal to some of the other high-leverage relievers that have been signed this offseason, which ultimately makes this a good signing from this Mets front office. Before we get to any of it, though, I'm your host, Ryan Finkelstein. If you want to find any of my work, follow me on X at Finkelstein Ryan. You can also find some of my writing at JustBaseball.com where I work as the managing editor. Today's episode is brought to you by GameTime. Download the GameTime app, create an account, and use the code LOCKEDON for $20 off your first purchase. Now, if you asked me back in September if Adam Montefino is going to be a part of the Mets bullpen in 2024, I would have said, of course. He had a $6.75 million player option to return, and after a somewhat down season in 2023, I think everyone expected him to pick that bad boy up. Then the offseason happens. Adovino meets with the Mets brass, decides he wants to be a free agent. At the time, there were sort of conflicting reports about you know why he decided to be a free agent. Adovino said it wasn't financial. It was uh, an uncertainty about the Mets front office and their situation heading into this year. He was very familiar with Billy Epler and Buck Showalter. Those guys were cleared out for different reasons, but you know, it was a new front office. It was going to be a new manager, and he decided to test free agency. There was also some reports at the time that indicated that he wanted his contract amended, uh, part of it being around the deferrals in his contract. Now, here's the original deal he signed with the Mets. Well, actually, the second deal he signed after he signed as a free agent in 2022, um, or for the 2022 season, I should say. So he has a good year in 2022. Last offseason, he signs a two-year $14.5 million deal with the Mets. And that contract had $4 million deferred in each year. So he was set to make for the 2024 season that $6.75 million, but $4 million of that was deferred. So he only would have actually made $2.75 million during the 2023 season. Then he'd have a million dollars coming his way uh, every year from 2032 through 2035. And he was already getting five hundred dollars a year from 2025 through 2030 from the deferred money in the 2023 salary with a million dollars coming his way in 2031. Point being, he wants to get rid of those deferrals potentially, get more guaranteed money up front. Matt's decided, no, you know, you have that player option. If you want to exercise it, we'd love to have you back. Otherwise, uh, you know, enjoy free agency, see what's out there. And, you know, we could always keep a dialogue throughout the offseason. And Adam Adovino's working at SNY. He's still in New York, a New York guy, lives in New York City. I think as the offseason waned on and there was not that much money out there and everything has dragged out, and who knows how much interest there was in Adam Adovino and at what price point, 
the New York Mets started to look better and better. Stay in the same place that you spent the last two seasons. A team that, you know, has a sneaky shot to be good this year, especially if you think highly of yourself as an eighth inning guy that can set up Edwin Diaz, which remember he did that in the 2022 season, and that's 101 games. So Adam Adovino comes back. If you look at this from a Mets perspective, they're strictly based on the fact that he was going to get $6.75 million. He was going to be on your books through 2035, and now he returns at $4.5 million, which is actually cheaper in some respects than his first year with the Mets back in 2022 when he signed a $4 million deal with a $1 million in incentives that he hit. This will be the cheapest year for Adam Adovino to pitch in a Mets uniform when you consider deferrals. So considering that, Considering the fact that right now he is the most accomplished reliever in the Mets bullpen, not named Edwin Diaz, this is a great signing by the Mets. There's no reason to quibble about it at that price point. It's a really good deal. And I'll talk in the next segment about the concerning things from last season that have some Mets fans not as excited about this. But relievers are volatile. And so everything that I'll get into in the next segment could just be explained by, oh, it was a bad year. In two years in a Mets uniform, he has pitched to a 2.62 ERA and 127 and a third innings pitch. Now, obviously, Edwin Diaz has a better ERA over that two-year span, but he didn't pitch in the second year. Without even looking it up, I can tell you that Adam Adovino has been the best reliever in the Mets bullpen for the last two years because he has the best ERA combined and the most innings pitched. Now, he was lights out in 2022, as I said. 2.06 ERA. It was basically Diaz, Adovino, and Seth Lugo. 2023 is supposed to be Diaz, David Robertson, Adovino. We never saw that. And he struggled. Did not pitch well. He lost seven games. That, that's a pretty glaring stat, even when record doesn't matter as much anymore. To lose seven games as a reliever, that's saying something. But with all that said, even in a down year, he still pitched over 60 innings for the Mets, something he's done every year dating back to 2018. And he managed a 3.21 ERA, which is not that bad at all. Last little note before we start to get into negatives in the next segment. Since 2018, Adam Adovino leads all relief pitchers in Major League Baseball in innings pitched with 351 and two-thirds. For a Mets bullpen that is relying primarily right now on a bunch of minor league signings, having that type of a dependable, bigly reliever in your bullpen at $4.5 million is priceless. Since 2018, he has a 2.89 ERA, which is right in line with Edwin Diaz at 2.88, slightly better. That's 11th best among relievers who have thrown at least 200 innings since 2018. So the Mets get a very accomplished reliever who they can count on to give them innings. The question is, can he actually assume that eighth inning role again? And that's where I have my concerns, and I'll get to them in just a minute. First, though, today's episode is brought to you by Game Time. What would you do in Las Vegas with an extra $100 in your pocket? Would you, you know, throw it on the What would you do if you were in Las Vegas and had an extra $100 in your pocket? What would you do? I know personally I'd probably put $100 on red at the roulette table, see if I can double it. But, you know, you could go out to dinner, buy some drinks, whatever it is. Game Time's trying to give you that extra 100 bucks. If you want to go to the big game, they're offering all users $100 off when they buy a ticket to the big game with the code VEGAS100. I know personally, I always go to game time for all of the sports, music, comedy, and theater events that are around me. It's great because I can pull up the app, look at anything going on. So if I just want to do something over the weekend, I can say, oh, there's a comedy show at a good price. or Oh, there's a concert. Or, oh, I can go to that NBA game. 
Game time is the only ticketing app that gives you complete peace of mind with your purchase because you can see the view of your seat before you arrive. So you know what to expect. You can buy tickets quick in a matter of seconds. And you can also go there for the last minute tickets. It's the place to go for last minute tickets. Buy them up to the minute of the game, even an hour after. And they're going to give you their best price guaranteed. Take the guesswork out of buying tickets with game time. And right now, all game time users get $100 off a big game ticket with the code Vegas 100. Terms apply. Just download the game time app and use the code Vegas 100 for $100 off a big game ticket. Or if you're not going to the game, just use the code locked on for $20 off your first purchase. Download game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. All right, so now let's talk about the downside to Adam Adovina resigning with the Mets. At the dollar amount, don't worry about that. It's a good deal. I, I am happy with this signing, but there's a reason why I wasn't spending this offseason calling for the return of Adam Adovino the same way that I did with David Robertson because I believe that David Robertson is a better pitcher than Adam Adovino. When we factor in price point, that's where the conversation changes, and that's what we'll get into in the final segment, when I compare Adam Adovino's deal to Hector Norris and David Robertson. But let's just look at the numbers from last year and what concerns me. I saw a lot of listeners and a lot of people um, you know, on social media reacting to the fact that guys steal a lot of bases on Adam Adovino. And some were pinpointing last year's change to the base stealing rules as the reason why he struggled. To me, it's not a concern at all. The fact that he gives up base stealers, yes, that's concerning, but he always did that. Last year, it was 22 of 23 base stealers made it. 2022, 19 of 22 made it. It's not a drastic difference. It's really not. Um, you know, so, and he was also in 2022 working with James McCann and Tomas Nito. And 2023 is Francisco Alvarez, a rookie catcher, which could have explained, you know, the couple of extra guys that got through as much as the base stealing rules. Okay. So let's, let's put that part of the, the conversation aside. What concerns me about Adam Adovino, for one, was the spike in walk rate. He walked only 2.2 batters per nine in 2022. That jumped up to 4.2 last year. But for his career, his walks per nine is at four. So he's been successful in the past walking that many batters. The strikeout rate, that's a little more concerning because he dipped below 10 strikeouts per nine for the first time since 2014. That's concerning. And you look at the strikeout percentage, it went from 30.6% of batters that he faced that he struck out in 2022 down to 23.8%. And the velocity dipped as well from an average of 94.4 miles per hour to 92.6. It's getting older. He's 38 years old now. So those numbers do jump out. With that said, the expected batting average against Adam Adovino last year was 211. Now, expected batting average is taking batting batted ball data telling you a batter should hit against him. So that's pretty solid. His expected ERA was 3.53. He did a little better than that. So he was a little bit fortunate last year when it came to his ERA result. With that said, he was still in the 77th percentile for ERA or expected ERA. Barrel percentage, 3.7%. That's in the 95th percentile. So among the best pitchers in the game at avoiding barrels. Well, that also coincides with a ground ball percentage of 56.2%. 
That was in the 92nd percentile. So he's still getting the ball on the ground. He's still avoiding barrels. He's not, he is getting hit hard, but when he does, it's generally on the ground. Like if you look at average exit velocity, hard hit percentage. So with all that said, because again, you can miss a barrel and the guy can hit the ball hard into the ground, right? There are you know, a couple of things I look at with his pitch arsenal that sort of point to where he was struggling. And, you know, you can look at, you know, pitch usage and it doesn't always tell the story, but I think with Adam Adovino, it does. So 2022, he threw a sweeper around 43% of the time, his sinker around 33% of the time. So those two pitches combined, um, you know, were about 75% of his usage altogether. So that that's really what he was throwing. He had a four seam fastball that accounted for 12.2% of that usage. Everything else was under 10%. Cutter, change up, a couple other pitches. His cutter went from 5.2% usage in 2022 all the way up to 15% usage in 2023. That cutter got wrecked. Three of the seven home runs he gave up were on the cutter. Batters hit 318 against it with a 727 slugging percentage. Why was he throwing it so much, you ask? Well, he got whiffs on it 36.1% of the time. Sweeper, he only got whiffs at 23.5% of the time, which is down from getting whiffs at 38.4% of the time in 2022. So what happened there? My guess is he probably lost command of that sweeper, was missing outside of the zone, so he wasn't getting the same swing and miss. Guys were able to identify it, and when he was getting in the zone, it wasn't with the same amount of break, and guys were able to put some bat on it. Trying to get another pitch that could get swing and miss, that could he could throw for strikes. He went to a cutter, which is not as good of a pitch. That's why he only threw it 5% of the time the year before, and some guys teed off on it. He was also bad in leverage last year, which is another thing that you don't like for a guy that you're signed to be a high-leverage reliever. In high-leverage situations, batters hit 288 against him, got on base at a 406 clip, and slugged at a 519 clip, and left these are always going to hit really well against Adam Adafino, as they have in both of the last two years. So why is this still a good signing? We'll get to the comparison in the next segment, and I think that's where this, again, looks better and better. But even despite all of those struggles, he managed to keep his ERA at 3.21. He had a couple of bad months. He wasn't great in September. I believe he was really bad in May um, off the top of my head. I looked at the splits. They didn't really tell me something massive, so I didn't jot them down. But I do know for a fact he was great in July and August. So there were still months where he was able to be really effective. And for a bullpen, again, that has nothing but minor league signings for a lot of it. And you got Brooks Raley and Drew Smith and Jorge Lopez. Of those other guys, I mean, Brooks Raley, you probably trust a little bit more right now. But Adam Adovino has the longest and best track record. You slide him back into a bullpen that has Edwin Diaz, which takes pressure off everybody. And you just sort of go to that age-old, we never know with relievers, on-year, off-year thing. And there is reason for optimism that Adam Adovino can once again sort of exceed projections and be a nice high-leverage leader for the Mets. And when you compare what he's getting paid to the other guys in this market that the Mets could have signed, and the fact that they can now maybe sign another reliever on top of this to get him sort of two cracks at a guy that can pitch well and leverage. I begin to like this signing more and more, despite all of that negative stuff I just got to. 
So I'll talk about that comparison to Hector Norris and David Robertson in just a minute. First, though, today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Today is Sunday, which means one of the last big NFL days on the calendar this season. It's getting close to wrapping up, but there's still a little bit of time to get in on the action with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers are going to get $150 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. It's $150 in bonus bets, win or lose. The app is so easy to use, and there's so many different ways that you can bet, like same-game parlays. Uh, you can find bets in the new Explore tab. You can make a parlay in the Parlay Hub, which is the best way to find popular parlays. There's always you know, NBA action every night, and so you can find those popular parlays of a couple of different teams that are, are playing them. Then you can take you know the money line of multiple teams to create a parlay. You can maybe take the star player on a team with the money line and you know, bet on the players you know, over for points, rebounds, assists, three-pointers made. There's a lot of ways that you can bet. And remember, again, you place that $5 bet, you're going to get $150 in bonus bets guaranteed. If you want to play today, visit FanDuel.com slash locked on. Make your first bet a layup. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. Now, before we talk a little bit more about Adam Onovino, if you're watching on YouTube, I want to see if you remember that leg kick. If you're listening, well, we'll we'll paint a picture for you. A big old leg kick from a burly first baseman who looked awful in the outfield and started at first for the 2015 New York Mets where he he made a throwing error. Lucas Duda. uh, I got a bunch of signed photos in my closet. I was looking through them. Duda's our next giveaway. If you want to enter for a chance to win the signed photo, all you got to do become a Locked On Mets insider. Our texting service is where we're going to run our giveaways moving forward. I'll be sending out a picture of that Duda autograph on Friday. All you have to do is reply to the text, and you can get a chance, or you will have a chance, excuse me, to win the photo. Uh, you can find the link in the episode description. Or go to subtext.com slash Locked On Mets. Now, let's go over Adam Onovino's contract and compare it to two of the recent high-leverage relievers that got signed. You got Hector Norris which is, I think, the, the main one I want to focus on because the Mets showed interest here. One-year, $9 million deal with the Chicago Cubs. Now, this contract also includes a $9 million club option, which turns into a player option if Hector Norris throws 60 innings this season. Hector Norris has exceeded 60 innings pitch in every season since 2019. So, good chance that's a player option. There's also incentives in each year of the deal for $2.5 million that could take this thing up to a two-year $23.25 million deal. The New York Mets are paying Adam Onovino $4.5 million. No player options, no club options, no incentives, none of that. Straight one year, four and a half mil. That's a steal compared to Norris's contract. And I get it. Norris is a better pitcher, right? That's what everyone's going to say. Look, last year, Hector Norris had a 171 ERA. We watched him pitch in Philly for all those years. Hector Norris is not that good. His ERA in the two years prior was 363 and 372. It's a good pitcher. I don't think he's elite. His expected ERA last year was 335. Adam Onovino's was 355. His expected fielding independent pitching, which is another one of these fancy stats that tells us how good a pitcher is, right? It was 445. Adovino's was a little bit better at 433. Strikeout rate, you know, a little better. Strikeouts per nine, 
was 10.14 compared to Adovino's at 9.05. Walks slightly better, 4.08 to 4.23, but not a drastic difference in anything but the results that he got with that low ERA, which again is flashy. But I don't think the New York Mets are drastically better with Hector Norris in the bullpen compared to Adam Adovino. I really don't. And certainly not double the dollar amount for this season with a club which will probably be a player option for the following season. So then he's stuck on your books for another year. Hector Reese goes out this year, pitches to a 3.85 ERA, and ends up with 61 innings pitch. He's stuck on your books again. And there's incentives. All right? Look at the projection models comparing these two guys. Norris's projections range from 3.72 for his ERA to 4.09. Adovino's range from 3.98 to 4.42. Yes, Hector Norris is a better pitcher right now than Adam Adovino. Is he twice as good? No chance. No chance. Now, I was constantly banging the table throughout this offseason for David Robertson to return to the Mets because I wanted to see him set up Edwin Diaz, which is what we got robbed of last year. And I do believe David Robertson is a better pitcher than really both of these guys, honestly. He gets a contract with the Rangers, one year, $11.5 million guaranteed. But the split of that is interesting. It's a $5 million base for this upcoming season, $5 million deferred. So $1.5 million buyout on a $7 million club option. And that's how you get to the $11.5 million. But even looking at that alone, you also have to remember that these guys have to choose to sign with you, right? It's not just, hey, you put the highest offer and they definitely take it. Now, yeah, the Mets could have outbid the Rangers, but David Robertson has been traded the last two years. Probably doesn't want that to happen again. He thought he was signing with the team last year where he wouldn't get traded with the Mets and it cratered. And he's signing with the defending champions at a point in his career where he would love to go out and win a World Series this upcoming season. So that wasn't on the table for the Mets. Hector Norris, maybe it was. Maybe at that dollar amount, the Mets met that contract or matched that contract or slightly exceeded it. They could have got him. But I don't see the value difference there that makes that worth it. Now, there's other relievers who have been signed this offseason that I would have liked. Jordan Hicks, Ronaldo Lopez. Both of those guys are getting chances as starters. Yara Rodriguez, same thing. I would have loved that contract even as a starting pitcher. But again, they're not just straight relievers. They were never going to sign Josh Hader. So as much as this market has been frustrating for fans to, to sit back and just sit on our hands and wait and see what happens and hope that the Mets make some moves. And there's just, hasn't been a ton to talk about. I still think they're making really smart baseball decisions. The old Mets front office, when Adam Adovino walks in, if Billy Epler is up there making decisions and he says, I want to, to come back on this player option, but let's remove the deferrals. Billy Epler might just say, yes, Ah, Steve's got the money, sure. And now Adam Montevito's making $6.75 million instead of $4.5 million. Yes, as fans, why should we care that Steve Cohen gets to save a little bit of money? But it still just shows a well-thought-out front office that's making smart moves. And if their calculus on this signing was we could sign Hector Norris for $9 million, or we could sign Adam Montevito for four and a half, I think they made the right call especially knowing that, okay, that other $4.5 million chunk, we can offer that to Ryan Stanek or Wandy Peralta, and we can get another reliever in here that has experience. 
If the Mets get Stanek, which I think would be my preferred target because I think he'd had the best chance of being an eighth inning guy. I don't know about Peralta, although Peralta would give you a second lefty, which is good. But if you got Stanek, you can go into this year with Edwin Diaz, Adam Adovino, Ryan Stanek, and Brooks Raley. That's not a better bullpen than what you thought you were putting on paper last year when you thought you'd have Diaz, Robertson, and Adovino, but it's a much better bullpen than what you ultimately had when Diaz got hurt. Edwin Diaz is the biggest thing that's going to you know, lift this bullpen up this year, but Adam Adovino was a safe signing in the fact that you know he's going to give you innings. You know he's a veteran presence. You know he can pitch in your uniform. Checks a lot of boxes. And it allows you to get somebody else. And the hope is one of the two guys that you signed will have a good year and be able to pitch and leverage. And you also have a lot of lottery tickets that you're trying to cash in. You're hoping Drew Smith pitches better on a contract year. And Brooks Raley, too, for a certain extent, or to a certain extent as well. So I think the Mets bullpen is getting a lot better. I think this is a team that is being built to be able to handle a lot of those things that are going to pop up throughout a season. With a lot of depth. You're going to have more depth now making two signings instead of just signing Norris. Now, if the Mets don't make another signing, I get being a little bit disappointed. But the more I look at the numbers and really think about it and think about this contract that Norris got and compare it to, to Adam Adovino's, it's a much better deal. And so the hope is Adam Adovino goes back to the sweeper more. Uh, he has similar success or at least something in the middle of the last two years, strikes out some more batters um, and, you know, ends up being a nice seventh or eighth inning guy for the Mets. But the downside compared to the downside of some of the other deals that have been signed this offseason, nowhere near as bad. And the Mets in a year where a lot has to go right, you know, protecting yourself from risk in 2025 is the prudent thing to do. Anyway, that's going to be all for today's edition of Locked on Mets. I'll be back with all five shows this week starting on Monday here. Uh, so if you're listening on the audio side, I appreciate it if you follow, rate, and review wherever you get your podcasts. If you're watching on YouTube. We're still trying to get to 8,000 subs by opening day. So I appreciate all of you who are hitting that subscribe button. Going to be a Locked on Mets insider to get a chance to get uh, this latest giveaway for the Lucas Duda signed photo. Uh, you can find that link in the episode description. Or go to subtext.com slash Locked on Mets. Want to follow me on Twitter or X? You can do so at Finkelstein Ryan. And now that you made it to the end of the show, head over to Locked On Sports Today, which is the first ever 24 7 streaming channel on YouTube covering everything in the world of sports with our local experts from each team and our league wide experts from each league. You find Locked On Sports Today streaming 24 7 on YouTube.